0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll, where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today I am joined by Rabbi Tzvi Orr, a close Talmud of Rabbi el and we're going to be talking today about the brand-new biography of Rabbi El-Yemeye Sarotskin, written by Avram Birnbaum. I know there's a lot of excitement uh, around the about this book. And uh, you actually, before this interview, we when we were schmoozing you shared a very interesting thing to me which I think is symbolic of what Rebelli Mayor stood for and that is that the in Springfield Yeshiva, now located in Plainfield uh, were very excited about the biography and uh, you told me something interesting from the present Roshiva Rebaruch
1: Yeah, they all ordered, everyone ordered the books. Everyone ordered, all the, the, books, books. ordered the books. But he and said we're not looking at the book the till... The books came, the shipment came and everyone was very excited and the yeshiva said right away, it's going to be a shter to the asmod of the yeshiva, to the storm of the yeshiva, not to all Shabbos. And so not till this coming Shabbos is an yeah, off Shabbos. Tomorrow, yeah. They're singing so boxes the, right now. The, the books are in the boxes. To Look at it. And, yeah. <laughs> but
0: I really think, don't, don't you agree that that's that's you know kind of the the message and the lesson that Rabbi Mayor Mayer himself personifies? Absolutely, absolutely. Of, of, everything was know, around the chesed of Tiyur. Everything works and, around Tiyur. Yeah. And if something is going to shter, something is going to disturb and somehow take the attention away. Then, no matter how you know, exciting it was. No matter, yeah. yeah, and here's a book about their own Rosh Hashiva. Yeah. And the book is highly anticipated and it took, uh, for good reason. Uh Reb Yitzchak Rebellion Rebelli Meir's brother, uh, looked at the book and he saw how beautiful it looked. I saw a video of this. Yeah. And he's reading the flap and then he made a comment. He said, and Mstum, probably the inside of the book is even more beautiful. I am so. sure it is. Which Ataka is, it is yeah. a beautiful, beautiful book with amazing stories uh, talking about his hasmada and his love of Talmudim and his impact, which we'll get into. But uh, tell our viewers how you first, your background, and how you first, got, you know, got to know the Rashiva.
1: So I was in Messiftop Topsayik by Ramey Rubin um, 18 years ago. A good friend of mine had gone to Springfield, and he called me... The first al-Shabbos, His first man, he said to me, This yeshiva is cut for you. This is Yeshiva for you. You gotta come here. The next al shabbos by the end of summer's month, I was sold. Um, I came from my faher Elzman. And I, I never left, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked me on the faher. That was for what grade was that? I was first year. I was joining first. First year, year. I was first year at I took my faher um, regular faher. he asked me learning, gave me my he asked me my shikultira. Then he asked me three questions, which I thought were just for me, but I realized this is for everyone. He asked me about my davening, about my learning, and about my sheifas, my dreams. And while I thought he was trying to test me out, see if I would fit with the yeshiva, I realized afterwards this was his, his marching orders for what the yeshiva was all about. What Springfield is all about, what Springfield Bachur was all about, and his vision of what a was all about.
0: When he asked you about your tefila, what specifically did he ask you?
1: His nusach was, are you a Bachur that comes to davening to him kisderim with Kil Hassan? That was his lashem. Um, and I quickly learned in the yeshiva that these three things were the focal of the yeshiva, and he led, led it by example. Mm-hmm. Um, his davening was unbelievable. He, he would. The, the coming, come to diamond every single day, the avoided the Carbonus, the Psuka de Zimra, the Birchus Krishma. the Avaraba, I'm sure a lot of people know about, but it, it wasn't sure, just the production, it was we an, talk, every single. The book single, talks about it, Yeah, you know,
0: the Avaraba was something to see. It was
1: every day, every day, it was heart-wrenching, every single day. And his davening was with such a bren. He would come every day, sit down by his sitter and pull out these little papers from his pocket. They had names on them. And he was always in the side of the papers, the names, Talmidim, and different yiddin that fell into his heart, that he was davening for, worrying about, thinking about, and constantly, always, all throughout the years, when I was a Talmud and when I came back to be a Rebbe in the Yeshiva, I'd always seen with his papers, always davening for people, and a big dog was just put on his davening. General davening, and then he taught us about the connection between davening and learning, and that the Torah comes from a nice and and you have to dive into the nascent Attire for Seyatr Deshmaya learning. Besides his Avarabo, he would come into First Seder every day. On his way in, he would stop right by the doors of his and pull out a Gemara. In those days, not all the Gemaras had the Uruzzan printed in them, but he'd find a, U- a U- Rutsun, he would say the Uruzzan by the door. And then, depending on the sugyu, he would pull out one to five dollars from his pocket and put it into the pushka. And we knew. We knew, depending on how much he put into the pushka, what's going on. What the, we were holding in the ciggy right now. He would come sit down in his seat and open it to Hillam. That's how he started for Seder. He opened it to Hillam and he would dive into him for a few minutes. It's the hallmark of a Springfield bachar now. A few kapitlach to Hillam before, before even, for Seder. Even today, really? Yeah, that's what they told me to. Do, yeah. And he would take out his notes and he would start the date on his notes. He would write a tefillah. He would find some tefillah connected to the parsha every single day. And then throw himself into the circus, throw himself into learning. That was every single day. Minchah, time Mairev was an Avaida, a Musser, Mairev Avaida that was unbelievable. Uh, when I came, I quickly realized the khashivas of it, and I maneuvered my seat to get as close as I can to him, eventually ending up on his table right next to him, and being able to see it and to watch it and to learn from his Mairev Avaida that he did. When he asked
0: you about your aspirations, what, what did you tell him?
1: So he, he, the way he set it up was, first, what number are you and your sheer? You, do, where, where do you consider yourself? And whatever you said, he'd always say, why aren't you say top ten? Why aren't you top five? Why aren't you top three? Mm-hmm. And he pushed us to go to the best we can, to be the biggest mentor you can be. It was in the beginning, the and you hear the schmoozing, and it didn't seem realistic. And he taught us to believe in ourselves, to believe in the unlimited kaichos that Ayyid has, to be amu Laba to be an Ebed Hashem, Yer everything. He pushed us beyond anyone's abilities, beyond anyone's thoughts that you could, and he pushed himself. Hmm. He had such murder, natural kaichos, kishrin and everything, and he didn't rely on it. He pushed and pushed himself. It was unbelievable, always. Yeah,
0: the author talks about the fact that uh, for, for those who are watching this conversation who may not know, Rebellion Mayor himself was the son of the Telzer Eshiver Baruch Saratskin. He was the son-in-law of the mirror Eshiver of Shmuel Birnbaum. He had tremendous yichis, going back diris. And uh, like you were saying, he, someone like him could have technically rested on his laurels or at least his familial reputation and things like that. And when you read even a few chapters of the book, you see that he puts such tremendous, almost like a pressure on himself. To constantly steiger, not to rely on, on even his natural, God-given abilities, his intellect and his analytical abilities, and, and things of that sort. His stamina, he didn't rely on that. He pushed himself, whatever he had, whatever natural abilities he had, he pushed himself beyond, almost like uh, in a supernatural way.
1: Yeah, it was only unbelievable to see. And he, he was never, he, he was, always zufrieden, so but never happy enough with himself. He always wanted more. In his Yediyas, and his Hakif, he was always learning more and always saying, I, I joined a Chabur in Lakewood. I joined a Chabur that learned from cover to cover over the course of however many zman we took. Before I joined the Chabur, I went to ask him, was it the right thing, not the right thing. So we discussed all the different aspects of it. And on the way out, he says to me, Tsvi, I'm a That's how he left me. I'm a now, the yeshiva was unbelievable, and he was non-stop talmidim, but every opportunity he saw for godless and Torah and anything, he he, he pushed himself. Mm-hmm. We were once learning, I learned that the yeshiva, and we were learning, and it was a TUFA where there was a lot of legalities going on in the yeshiva. There was lawyers, a lot of different phone calls going on, and it became almost every day during second Seder, there would be phone calls coming in from different lawyers and different well-meaning people. So. At some point the Shiva says to me, This is a Kabolas Al Malchus Alter And the mission says that if somebody's and Altaira, Maviran m- nois to no love Al we have to Makabalotyra. He's all call He unplugs the phone from the jack, tells me to go to the kitchen, unplug the phone over there, We're We'll be Makabalotter. Now we're sitting and learning, as if there's nothing going on around him.
0: Hmm. Uh, now you shared with me. Uh, prior, we were talking about your your history, and you said that when you came to the yeshiva, you you, you know you had a certain personal uh, f- uh, family circumstance, and how the yeshiva dealt with that. Uh, talk about that because it's a very very powerful so, insight into the yeshiva sensitivity.
1: He, he was uh, I'm a mizosen, so I came by for He asked me, he, I told him my father was nifter, what age, and he tells me that this is something that you can grow from. This is on the Feher. It tells me a story of how Mayor Simcha, the Yasumda, and the stars that Mayor Simcha had, and how he grew because of those stars. And then in the yeshiva, he took a mer extra sensitivity. And at the time, I didn't always realize it, didn't always understand what was going on. Um, what comes to mind, was by it was by Yisker. It was an unbelievable thing Yisker and yeshiva. So everyone goes out. It was the yeshiva. And depending on the tufa and yeshiva, there were one or two bachram there. So it's just three of us in the room for about five or seven minutes, he would call each bachr over, call me over, and say the kelmoli for me, he would say the avarachman for me. I said it myself, and then he would say it for me. And the heritage was, there's nothing he can say, there's nothing he can really, but he can, be, he can be with me in this right now. He could say the avarachman for me. And, uh, I remember there was one, there was a guest in the yeshiva a couple of years ago there. So he called him over also. Once you was doing it for the bachim, he would call over everyone. And you told him his father's name, his mother's name, and then he told him one more, and he told him his daughter's name. The had lost a daughter. The minute the yeshiva heard it, he burst out crying. In the middle of Yitzchik, he just burst out crying, being nice to Ba'ol, with, this, with the loss of a child. Compose himself. Said the Rachman for him. I remember one year he my last man Yeshiva, he was sitting in Shiva, he was in Avelis for his mother. So it was the Shabbos before I had Yortzeit, And I understood that I'm not gonna be Dominic Mayor for the Ahmed that night because the Rishi was Akhiv. I didn't say anything, I was sitting next to him, but in my mind I was thinking about it. And as if he sensed it, he turned to me and said to me, You're gonna be Dhammi Mayor tonight. Oh. I didn't say anything to him, but that sensitivity that he understood what I, need, what I need right now. When I had my first, my son that I was able to name after my father, so I called him, told him, making a bris in Lakewood. He said to me, I'm coming to the bris." I told him, Shiva, I can't give you Santecaya. This is my first son. I'm coming, I'm coming anyways. And he came for Shame, and I understood why he was coming. He, he understood this was something important to me. This was a name I'm giving to my father, and he wanted to be there for it. Wow. There's a
0: story in the book also about a Talmud. You're talking about when the Rashiva's mother was Nifter, how a, Rebbe, a, tra- a Talmud who was a Rebbe out of town traveled in late at night to be Menachem Aval. And in the middle of the rebellion mayor, turned to the Talmud keeping track of the time that he's going to have to drive like three, four hours home and said "Nu no, it's time for you to go. And this is after the Rashiva had been on a whirlwind uh, different places with Levias in multiple locations. And he had, he had quite a few difficult days. And then the book describes how at one o'clock in the morning, this Talmud who is now a Rebbe is traveling home, gets a phone call, he couldn't believe it, it was Rebellion Mayor. One o'clock in the morning finding out how, how's the drive going, are you tired, are you okay, in the middle of shiva. So you see how his ability to think of others had really no limits. No and I want to suggest, and I would love to hear from you, uh, and I should mention that besides of being a close time of a Rebellion mayor, today you're actually the Meshkiach of Rebellion Mayor's Yeshiva, Yeshiva Tveras Baruch, of Springfield, Plainfield. Uh, and what I wanted to suggest, but I wanted to hear your thoughts when you hear about someone like Rebellion who who is so exalted and, 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 and so dahaybin, and almost like on a, on a different level, that uh, you know a person could think, well, what am I going to learn that I could apply in my own life? From someone who who was who just on a, on a different level, but i I think at least in even if we can't beat the masmid he was, but in the Nese Island, thinking of others, I think every person when you read this book, so many stories are about that component of his personality that we could all learn something from that how to you know like we say Trachtwagen Yenim think of someone else's circumstance, even when you're in a difficult compromising situation
1: always, always. He had, he had a minigun yeshiva, no, it didn't talk about it, didn't do anything, but and he, and he put the sink on, he washed his hands while he was drying his hands, he kept it going for the next person. Uh-huh. Always, it was a tiny little sensitivity, a tiny little thing, just thinking about someone else. The next person to come the world, and it became a, like a minigun yeshiva. That's what he did while he dried your hands, he kept the water going. We had learned that from him, mm-hmm. and he was always. It, it, always, always thinking about other people, always thinking about Talmidim. And Is that
0: something that he spoke about also a lot in, in, in Shmuzin in, in, in addressing Talmudim?
1: He, he spoke about it in Shmuzin in the sense that uh, open, sensitive heart comes from Amel uh-huh. And Amel is what opens a person's heart to be sensitive and to f- notice other people's sorrows and other people's worries and to... Everywhere, everywhere he had people. He always had people. that were, He was thinking about always, wherever he went, he encountered people and he thought about them and he didn't stop thinking about them. I called him about, I was in Shaduchim. He, so two days later, he called me with an idea. Maybe do this, maybe say it like this, maybe look for that. Like he was always carrying his Talmidim and everyone, everyone that he met. I remember when I was in Yeshiva, Shabbos afternoon, no one knew about it, but we knew he would take a walk with his rabbitson, Every Shabbos in the summer to go to a, I don't know if it was like a hospital or it was a rehab center, some kind of center that you would go to to visit people that were sick there. This is in Springfield. He found a way to go think about other people, and they would come by the shiva when they were leaving, going back home, to say thank you to him. I remember like once oh. his mind or twice his mind a family would show up, different obvious injuries, and they would come to say thank you to the shiva and to say goodbye. They're leaving.
0: Oh. I remember hearing talking about those visits to the local facility, this uh, medical facility. Uh, there, were, there were times where Rebella May would literally get on the floor and play with these children who never were handicapped or dealing with whatever limitations they had. And only later on did the parents realize who this person was. They saw the stranger come in and stop playing with their children and, and being with misameach and trying to bring, bring joy you know, to, that, uh, to that atmosphere. And only later on did they find out that's this Springfield Roshiva.
1: Yeah, he felt everyone's siren. He knew what everyone needed. He knew what oh. they felt like, and he really, I, I once called him, I got on a phone call recently in yeshiva, that there was a rehab center nearby, and there was a Magad Shir, I think a Lubavitcher Magad Shir, that was there, who was, had some, he had gotten his arms and his legs amputated, and he was in a lot of yisur. So he, They called me, can we get some bakrum to come over, to say hello, to maybe sing some, sing a, some chazagim. So I called the Shiva. I, I went to visit this single man. I went to visit him once or twice, and I called the Shiva and described him what's going on. The minute I described to him what this single man looked like, the Shiva just started crying on the phone. He was crying and crying to me. I didn't even get to what I was asking him about, and he mm-hmm. just couldn't, he was just thinking and trying to envision the sire that the Shiba was in, until we discussed the details, what, what, what to do, what not to do, what could be done.
0: Uh the book describes how Rebele Meir was really a, a father to Talmidim not just the Rebbe, not just the Rashiva, not just the Madrich you know, talk about that component of it also, how he really had that uh, he really cared about his Talmudim like, like his own children
1: I, I was eager to see him as a, a grandfather almost to my children I, I was supposed to live next to him for the past couple of years the last three, four years, I bring my children over he would treat them like he did his own children. He took—I brought my son for an upshare, put him on his lap, put him on, on his, THE TOWELS around him, gave him some candy, the olive paste. Hmm. He, He—he would her my children when he passed them by, and he, he showed such concern over everything. He, I would call him anything that was going on, no matter when it was. He wanted to talk to me. What's going on? Call me up later on to ME, Let's—what are we holding and things? He was—he carried every single talmud, and as a mashgiach, he would sometimes call me over and tell me what was going on but things that need help and he would tell me make that phone call, call that phone call always on his mind everyone and Baruch Hashem, as his Shiva grew his talmidim grew and his heart grew mm.
0: especially during his final illness his, his gvura was manifest so significant, so magnificently unbelievable he was going through Yisurim noirayim uh, uh, from what I understand he came out did not miss Shir. Uh, during that, Kufa, talk about that. You, yeah, would, you were there. I was there. I was you were there, and, there and was, you saw it, it close up. It was unbelievable.
1: It was unbelievable. He would, when he had to go out for his, whatever it was, for the chemo, for the medication, for the treatments for the whole day, we'd get a message. Shear's going to be right after Marev, that day. After a whole day after of treatment. After a whole day of he'd be coming in. Sometimes he wouldn't be coming to Marev. He wouldn't be making it for Marev. Everyone would be waiting in, in the Shear room. He would come in to give Shear. I would stand outside in the cold watching. I, I couldn't, I couldn't tear my eyes away from it. I couldn't believe it. He was standing there, knocking IN sheer. At the last couple of shiurim, he couldn't talk. In order to, for his voice to be heard, he had to squeeze his vocal cords, and he would give shear squeezing himself to be able to give shear, to be able to arrange of shear. I, he told me that before, he, in order to come to DOMINING on time during that kufa, he had to wake up earlier and apply creams and different things to get himself the strength to do it. He would come in sometimes with a walker into downing but always coming to the always down the kanak, and Shomun Esri was standing with a brin. It, it, wow. was, it was a sight that I think everyone could learn from. Right. What it means to be an Ebed Hashem, no matter what's going on, no matter where things are going. It almost seemed like there was like, he could put it aside. They could be Mesiyach daa and physically be Mesiyach and sit and learn, and kanak with the of learning. Wow.
0: I should mention I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, Baruch Hashem, after the Rashiva's p'tira, the, the yeshiva continues to flourish. His al mokem, his son Rebaruch, took over as Rashiva. and from what we hear, the, reshi- the you know the new Rashiva, you know uh, took took on the difficult job of stepping into his father's shoes, and uh, from what I hear, the Roshiva is doing beautifully
1: yeah. during during this during the week of Espadim, <clears throat> we have each master would come from everywhere, every, every night. And they'd all end off with a bracha, be yeses, ace, be Yeshiva's giving out sliyach. And at the time, I didn't know what, it, what, what that meant. How could that be Yes, ace, Like, is it possible? And it's unbelievable. And the yeshiva's bursting everywhere, in the dorms, and the res medrash, the shirams, everywhere. And the ayim's harving and learning. And, and there's a new door now that never even met the yeshiva. New ninth graders never met the and they're just, they feed off that Ruach, that Ruach that he, he imprinted everywhere.
0: Right, I mean, I, 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 far be it from me to analyze why, but I, I think anyone would say that, that the reshiva's nefesh is, is so saturated into the walls of the Yeshiva, it became so much part of the culture of Yeshiva Tverus Baruch that, the, you know, it's, that, that there's a Hemshek, there's a continuation of, of that now, that even though the Rosh is not there, but his imprint and his influence is, is clearly felt and it's, it's being carry, yeah. carried on
1: in everything, in the Hasmada and in, in the Amelus that he stood for right, right. his Hasmada was unbelievable yeah. I, I slept in his basement, my first man yeshiva first Zman you slept in the that, that's how the rooms worked out We slept in the Shiva's basement, uh-huh. in, uh, on everything, on where he lived I would come up, no matter how early I woke up he was always sitting in his office already learning had a chavrusa from Pseikh, would drive in. No matter when it was, he had his chavrusa, the whole first Seder. I was able to learn from the second Seder, and I, I was with the same Yigiya and Amelis. And no matter who I tell it to, they don't, it's hard to understand and to believe it. He sat with us in the basement every night till 12, 12.30. Every single night, he was part of the olim, harving learning until 12.30. And then we would come back to the basement, and he'd be back in his office again. Back in his office again, praying shir or upstairs we'd hear him preparing shir. That ruach of Asmada is part of the yeshiva. And the amelis, the amelis that he taught us and reminded the world what it's supposed to be about, with such an unbelievable toil that he put into learning, into understanding. This is not the first time he learned these sugyas. And he would pace back and forth holding his head, sweating, sweating and sweating, standing by the beam back and forth. It was a sight to watch every single day. And not only every day, but everything he learned. Everything he learned was with the same Amelus and Yagiyah. I learned with him over the years, Gura, Navi, Musar, Halacha, Mishnayas. Everything, everything was with the same Yagiyahs and Amelus that, that he stood for. And that he always wanted to remind the world that's what Torah stands for.
0: I was going to say that those who were not to learn under the Mayer, Meir, what this book does, it, it uh, again, beautifully written by Rabbi Avram it allows them to get a taste of what Rebellion Meir was about, his asmada, his, his, his fatherly love for the Talmidim, his nasius oil to other people. The, this Adam hashalim which he was, is really described so beautifully in the book, it's a treat that now those who haven't learned the Yeshiva Torah's could get a taste of that, and those who did interact with El Yumeir could relive those experiences uh, through these stories.
1: I, I think it's also uh, an important reset button for our values. Everyone, the whole Eil Matayir and the whole Qalai now is somehow interconnected with Qayli whether it's in their family, neighbors, friends. We all have raised the chashivas, of so what are all all about? and the Rashiva would remind us and would teach us accomplishments a being bimatsliach was measured by amelos it didn't have to be measured by svarim, chedushim, siyumim, hundreds on tests it was about how many hours he invested in his amelos and that everyone can learn from because everybody can learn to appreciate the yungalite that they have in their lives for the amount of amelis, he he had a measuring, like every, a taisfis in a prime he had it measured in how many hours he had put into it. Mm. That was his measuring stick. I mm-hmm. invested so, and it was wild, the numbers. I invested 30 hours in this taisfis, I invested x amount of, that's how he measured things.
0: The, the reason why what you're saying is, is really so resonant is because the barometer, the measuring stick that you're providing from Rebellion Mayor, means that everyone could be successful no matter what their acumen is, no matter what kishrin Hashem blessed them with, every person could be matzliach. You know, if you, if you go by the other type of barometer of, of, of results, so to speak, results-oriented uh, success, so then some people may not have that ability because they're not as big of a bal kishrin, they don't have, uh, you know, those God-given abilities, whatever it is. But Rebelli mayor allowed, so to speak, every person to experience hatzlacha because
1: his measuring stick like you said. He would love to sing over from the Echorinim yeah. that altamin, because what does it mean, leh If you were miyageya, then that's it. That's the metziah. That's, that's success. Uh-huh. There's nothing past that. Uh-huh. The, yigiyah, the yigiyah itself. The yigiyah itself. And he would give such chizik. He would come, I remember he came to Hanukkah to speak to alumni. And he told us that Hashem, Hashkochus Hashem feared that our door, means that door, was being led by two good so, Yisrael, Rabbi Mir of that neither of them had much of a shtaler. It wasn't Liyashiv's uh, shear that made him world famous. Right. And he said, Hashem put that chizek for this door, that you don't have to have a, a big rush shiva, you don't have to be giving a shear, you could sit in your little vinkel, in Yerushalayim, in B'nai and the whole world could revolve around your fingers. Wow. And it was such a chizek, because it's a world of a breathing the light, everywhere. Every family in Kali Yisrael is connecting the light, and to appreciate the young man just because he's sitting and learning. That's that's the end result. That's what he's doing, and with that he's changing the whole world.
0: Wow, he would have shept a lot of nachas from the from the Adira Ta'ira revolution, so to speak, because yeah, he that's he loved it. Because he, he loved
1: giving chizek like with the light. Yeah. that he he loved it because he knew how important it was. There were thousands of people sitting and all learning the same thing. And he would come and tell you, this is it. There's nothing past this. You're sitting and learning, and the same rajba, and everyone's harving the same rajba, and this is the mitsi. This is, this is. There's nothing past this. This is the greatest part of life. That's life itself. Yeah.
0: Any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up our conversation? He,
1: he had an unbelievable ayin taiva on everyone. Everyone he met and every interaction he had. He had a way of bringing out people's milus, recognizing people's milus, and making use of your milus. Mm-hmm. When I, when I my first year as a, there was a PTA in yeshiva, so my first year as a rabbi, he called me over, said to me, "I have a chiv, to have a maroch shleim," he called it, on every single bach in yeshiva, all of his milus. So you have to know every bachur's milus, and you have to be able to give over to his parents, in the full understanding of all their milus. He would tell us when we we're in, going to shaduchim look for an ayn taiva. If you can find an eye in Teva, you don't need to look for anything else. And uh, it brought out the best in us, because we knew he believed in us, he cared for us. And at the Levaya, I think, was the, the final sight of that, how many people were affected. It was, a, it was a heart-wrenching Levaya, because people felt like he really cared for them. He really saw their best, and he really was a part of us.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing your heartfelt uh, reminiscences of, of the Rashiva, your memories, interactions. Um, we hope that people will go out and get the book for, for nothing else, other than to, re- like you said, press the reset button, reinvigorate themselves as to what true success is and the success that Rebellion Mary himself personified. And all the, the, again, we may not be the Masmid he was. And the God of Batairi he was. And we, we, we may not have the Amkus he has he had in learning, but everywhere in
1: our days we we meet people and yeah. if we realize how much we can impact them right. with a little bit of caring, with an open heart. He, he didn't run around the world. He sat in Springfield. Right. But there were so many people that he just somehow came into touch with and kept them with him and affected their lives.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. And thank you. Uh, my bracha to you is that the Rashiva, as a devoted Talmud, the Roshiva should be a melech yosher for you, for all the Talmud, and for all of us, and we should continue to be inspired by his example.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you, you thank so you much.